Tada! Tada! Oh, tada! Eva! Tada! Eva! At that very moment. At that very moment. Bhagavan! Bhagavan! The Supreme Personality of God. The Supreme Personality of God. Aravinda Navaha. Aravinda Navaha. With a lotus growing from his navel. With a lotus growing from his navel. Swanam. Swanam. Of his own servants. Of his, of his own, own servants. servants. Vibhudya. Vibhudya. Learned about. Learned about. Sat. Sat. To the great sages. To the great sages. Atikramam. Atikramam. The insult. The insult. Arya. Arya. Of the righteous. Of the righteous. Pridyaha. Pridyaha. The delight. The delight. Tasmin. Tasmin. There. There. Yayao. Yayao. Went. Went. Paramahamsa. Paramahamsa. Recluses. Recluses. Or recluses. 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 Mahamuninam. Mahamuninam. By the great sages. By the great sages. Anbeshaniya. Anbeshaniya. Which are worthy to be sought. Which are worthy to be sought. Charanao. Charanao. Two lotus feet. The two lotus feet. Chalayan. Chalayan. Walking. Walking. Sahasri. Sahasri. With the goddess of fortune. With the goddess of fortune. Translation by the Divine Grace of Ace Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. At that very moment, the Lord, who is called Padmi, Padmanava, because of the lotus grown from his navel, and who is the delight of the righteous, learned about the insult offered by his own servants to the saints. Learned about the insult offered by his own servants to the saints. Accompanied by his spouse, the goddess of fortune, he went to the spot on those very feet sought by or by recluses and great sages. Please repeat, at that very moment, at that very moment, the Lord, who is called Padmanabha. Because of the lotus grown from his navel, and who is the delight of the righteous, learned about the insult offered by his own servants to the saints, accompanied by his spouse, the goddess of fortune, he went to the spot. On those very feet, on those very feet, sought for by recluses and great sages. Sought for by recluses and great sages. Purport by Sri Prabhupada in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord declares that his devotees cannot be vanquished at any time. The Lord can understand that the quarrel between the doorman and the sages was taking a different turn. Therefore, he instantly came out of his place and went to the spot to stop further aggravation so that his devotees, the dormant, might not be vanquished for good. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. I was spiritual natural. She had a paraphrase opening the eyes with the torch. I did not offer my respectful obeisance to him. Sri Parampara. 
At that very moment, the Lord is called Pregnanava because of the lotus grown from his navel and who is the delight of the righteous. Learned about the insult offered by his own service to the saints. Accompanied by his spouse, the goddess of fortune, he went to the spot on those very feet sought for by a recluses and great saints. We're talking about the lotus flower or so. In the Sanskrit verse, Aravinda, some, some Indian people would name their kids Aravinda. We had our friend Mahadev, remember him? He comes sometimes. His oldest son is, he has two sons, and one of the oldest son's name is Aravinda. Apparently, Aravinda, Mahadev is really upset these days because Aravinda went to the University of Arizona and started school there, but he has dropped out. He's gotten interested in rap music. And Mahadev probably can't, just can't understand. I didn't raise my son like this. He just, he's given up and he's gone, gone off with some bad people, according to me. So Aravinda, I always remember Aravinda. I still, years later, remember his son's name is Aravinda, the Lotus. And then, what's another name for Lotus? We know that you know, Putnam is the one we see the most. Anybody know of another one? There's a, a verse. Actually, we, in the greeting of the deities, there's the same word, I think. What is that? Benum quantum Aravinda. Oh, no, that's Aravinda. Okay, so there's this verse, Samashitaye Padapalva Plavang. Those are taking complete shelter of the boat, of the lotus feet of the Come on, right. Where is that found? You just saw that. There's one Bajan Sri Guru So Pallava, I think is the name for that. Pada Pallava. Plavung. Plavung is a boat. And is the boat of the lotus feet of the Lord. Who is, what's the rest of that verse? Who is the shelter of the entire universe? No, I mean. Your prophet says that Mahat Padam can mean uh, either shelter of the entire universe, which he is. Or Mahat can refer to great devotees, shelter of great devotees. Mahatpadam punya yasho moralihe. Yasho is fame. <coughs> that word from, that word from, uh, he's fame all over the three worlds of spiritual master. So that same word, yasho. Punya yasho. What does punya refer to? Punya yasho. Punya. But in it, what's, who's, what, is it referring to pious people? Anyway, he's, he is famous as the Morari. Ari means what? Killer. Right now? Killer. It's an enemy, I think. Yeah. Enemy. Enemy. Mura. <laughs> see that word sometimes. <coughs> and Mura is this. That's the name of the demon. He's, a, he's famous as the enemy of this particular demon. Apparently, great persons take shelter of the boat of the lotus feet of the person who's famous that way. This is Bahamas, 
Bhavambudir, what's a padam padam padam? Bhavambudir, anybody know what that is? <coughs> what's um, Ambuddha? Ambuddha. <coughs> oh, could you put the microphone closer to your mouth or talk about I could do that. <laughs> Some simple things I can do, huh? I don't want to miss any of those wise words. It says in the ocean of materialism. Yeah, Ambuddha. Ambuddha, I think, is the ocean. Bhava is like, Bhava means to become. They talk about this world being the world of becoming. Where you become something and then you die and you become again. You become over and over and over becoming. So Bhavambuddha here is like an ocean of people who are becoming something. In the material world, Bhavamadir, Vatsapadam, Vatsa means calf, Padam means hope, the print, Padam Padam, Vatsapadam, Padam Padam, Param Padam means the supreme Padam, which is, in this case, Param means abode. So, uh, what's that saying? The ocean of becoming, or the ocean of the material world becomes, is compared to a calf's footprint. It becomes shrunk. Yeah. It becomes down to the calf's footprint. How can that be? Padam, padam, for those who have taken shelter of the supreme above, Lord Krishna's low as and then it says, Padam Padam, again repeats, Padam Padam, but this is P A D A N, Padam Padam. This is step by step, Padam Padam, Yadvi Padam, Natesham. Tesham, Natesham means not for them, those who have taken shelter. It's this world where there's what? Padam Padam, Vipadam, Natesham, Padam Padam, means, by now. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, dangerous. Or danger at every step. <coughs> so this place where there's no there's danger at every step is not for those people <coughs> taking shelter of other people. So uh power refers to Bhagavad Gita verse where it says the Lord um, always protects his devotees, but he says in the ninth chapter, they are never, what's the word? Vanquished. Perished. So they are never vanquished. Oh, it's not perished. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Two nice verses that come together. These are really important verses to know about. And as Prabhupada points out in purple, you have to understand them properly the right way, otherwise you can twist them. The first one will be Chet Sudharacharo, Vichitang Mamma, Nanya Bhak, Sagareva Samantabhya, Samya Yavasitoya, and stuff. Even if one commits the most abominable action, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated in his determination. So we're talking about these sages and the Vaikuntha planets that 
just committed a kind of abominable action. I read that they were making fun of these these sages who were just like little boys and they're naked. They come to the gates. By coming to them and see see the Lord. They're so excited about it, they've been going through the gates and hadn't even noticed the decorations. They're supposed to be sets of gates that you pass through and they're all full of jewels and you know, gems. You can imagine how beautiful and ornate they must be. They didn't, they weren't even looking. They wouldn't, didn't notice they were headed somewhere. And when they got stopped by these gatekeepers, um, so even if one commits the most abominable action, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saint because he is properly situated in his determination. Text 31 here, chapter 9. He quickly becomes righteous and attains lasting peace. O son Kunti Bhakti, declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. The prophet says, this should not be misunderstood. In the seventh chapter, the Lord says that one who is engaged in mischievous activities cannot become a devotee of the Lord. One who is not a devotee of the Lord has no good qualifications whatsoever. The question remains then, how can a person engaged in abominable activities, either by accident or by intention, be a pure devotee? This question may, be just, may justly be raised. The miscreants, as stated in the seventh chapter, who never come to the devotional service of the Lord have no good qualifications, as is stated in Srimad Bhagavatam. Who knows what the verse in the seventh chapter would be? No, no. The miscreants, who's, as stated in that, so, you know, what did it say? No papatente narada. They don't surrender to me. Miscreants and fools who are the lowest of mankind. You have no good qualifications as a state instrument Bhagavatam and Shirley is referring to there. Generally, a devotee who is engaged in the nine kinds of devotional activities is engaged in the process of cleansing all material contamination from the heart. So we have the example of a person in the shower trying to get clean there. He's engaged in the process. He puts the Supreme Personality of Godhead within his heart, and all sinful contaminations are naturally washed away. Continuous thinking of the Supreme Lord makes him pure by nature. According to the Vedas, there is a certain regulation that if one falls down from his exalted position, he has to undergo certain ritualistic processes to purify himself. But here, there is no such condition because the purifying process is already there in the heart of the devotee. Due to his remembering the Supreme Personality of Godhead constantly. 
Therefore, the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, should be continued without stoppage. <laughs> this will protect a devotee from all accidental fall downs. He will thus remain perpetually free from all material contaminations. We don't go over them a whole lot, but we also have to be aware of the ten offenses to the chanting of the holy name, of course. We should be in the habit of constantly chanting the holy name to counteract offenses that we may uh, <coughs> not take as seriously as we should because we think we're chanting the holy names constantly. Therefore, they will be nullified. That's not sincere chanting of the holy names, taking chapter of the holy names. Um, Anyway, I thought this was a really kind of sweet situation when you think about it, because you know, out of all the living entities, somewhere I was reading something that was talking about, you know, all the living beings in, in the universe that we can't even understand, and then all the living beings in the millions of universes. Oh, I think it was where in the Brahma Sangita there's the verse. Um, talks about Jagadanda Koti. I think it's a Yasha Prabhupada. Jagadanda Koti. Koti Shvashesha. Koti Koshvashesha. Koti Koshvashesha. Yasha Prabhupada. Jagadanda Koti. Koti Shvashesha. So, yeah, unlimited millions. Of, I think it says millions of millions. Because Kobe is a million. No, Kobe is ten million. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Kotish, Koti, Kotish. Says the Bhutti Bena. Millions and millions of, of. What is it? Jagadantas. And um, so many planets in each one, and so many living entities. And then the living entities in the material realm are just a fraction of the ones in the spiritual world. How many there are? And Krishna's obviously from this verse, he's right with each one of them. Because he comes here right away on the spot to, to, to protect the devotees who are just doing the service at the gate. But he appreciates, you know, Krishna is so grateful for the things that the devotees are doing. He doesn't leave them hanging in a bad spot. He comes right away. And someone was saying, uh, you know, I read, I don't know where I read some of these. This is that the universe is just like a plaything to Krishna. So all the living entities that he has to take care of, watch over, and protect at all times, always. Just in one universe or in one city like Tucson, how many living entities are there to 
watch over it all times, 24 hours a day, never sleeping, to, to watch out for them. And the whole thing is just like a plaything to Krishna. Somewhere right that. The universe is just a plaything. <coughs> so, um, but this uh, you know, story that Krishna comes to um, support his you know, gatekeepers who are, you know, maybe you could think um, materially from our point of view, think, well, they're not the most important buddies. Maybe you could just let things play out and see how they fall. But no, he shows his, for us, this is, I think, kind of a message that, you know, he's right there with his devotees. So, one question in my mind was, maybe we can help you with this. What happens with a devotee like Haridas Thakur? Taku, Taku, but it does Taku. Um, you know, such a dear devotee that he Krishna trying to dance to this body after he passed away. So, but when he was sentenced to be beaten in the marketplaces, where was Krishna? Where was Lord Chaitanya? Why didn't he show up and protect him? Why didn't he let that go on? Let him, let him he actually let him go to the marketplaces and be beaten with a whip. And said that each marketplace was, he should have been killed. I mean, that was the, the, the type of punishment that he got in each marketplace was enough to kill a person. So where was Christian? I'm sure everybody knows, or some people know that. <laughs> Possible answer to this? You didn't feel it, right? Yes, well, that's what we hear. Yeah. The Lord Chaitanya showed him. Yeah, he showed him. He showed him and he took the whips. He took yeah. the marks. That's how he was able to endure. Plus, Lord Chaitanya wanted to show the glory of the devotee. Mm -hmm. It was so tolerant, merciful. Yeah. Yeah, so. So in the eighth hand, who explains uh, that he passed on the Bali Maharaj? That sometimes Krishna puts the devotee into such excruciating pain that it's practically impossible to tolerate it. For the further glorification of the devotee, he puts him in that position so he can be the example for all of us. Yeah. You know, I heard when I was growing up in Christianity, God never asked you to do something that you're incapable of doing you know, in terms of sacrifice, pain, or suffering. Whatever you get are given by providence, you can get through it. And so really there's no need to be afraid of any circumstance in life, just like your old dream. Was that yesterday about Lord Shiva's statement? The Parvati. So thinking about the suffering of devotees, a little bit I was reading. Anybody have any comments? Otherwise, I can go ahead and tell you. Uh, <clears throat> regarding Sri Haridas Thakur, mm -hmm. when he was being beaten in different marketplaces, his, uh, the gentlemen who were beating him, they were agents of the Nawab. And um, they were beating him because he was supposed to die. <coughs> and he wouldn't die. 
And then they were getting all in anxiety. What's the matter? He said, oh, if we don't kill you, then the Nawaz will kill us. He said, oh, okay. And then he went into Samadhi, and he appeared to be dead. They put him in the room. <laughs> and he did that out of compassion for his tormentors, because he didn't want them to get into trouble. <laughs> yeah, amazing story. Thank you. Just, uh, there's, um, this volume two has some auto, or not auto, biographical sketches of different sannyasis, <coughs> and maybe non-sannyas disciples too, yeah, other disciples it has. There must be 40 or 50 of them, you know, ones that I've read so far are great, but there's this one, there's a sketch on three pages. It's really nice. On uh, Srimad Bhakti's Sri Rupuri Maharaj. Well, a lot of us have heard of Puri Maharaj. It's in pictures of him. I didn't know that much about him, but <clears throat> it's kind of interesting that he was a very sincere, renounced devotee, rigidly austere type devotee, sannyasi. To the point that he admitted to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur at one point that he was attached to his son, his young son. And uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati wrote him back and said, Shortly thereafter, he received the reply, it is impossible to properly serve Hari while attached to a mortal son. Who is whose son? There are innumerable Gauradasis everywhere on earth, attempting to live in a dawn while simultaneously cultivating affection for your son. And other relatives will simply disturb others and obstruct your own bhajan. These emphatic words of the Acharya through Hridaya Chaitanya Prabhu's mind in the turmoil. That was his name before becoming Puri Maharaj. Which precipitated his cutting family ties forever and joining the mission full time. It was 1924 and he was about 31 years old. Precipitated his cutting family ties forever and joining the mission full time. So then later in life, towards the end, it said, it said, after many years of intense hurt seva, diseased and aware of his imminent disappearance from his plane, on his Guru Maharaj's order, Sri Rupuri took refuge at Sri Vasanam, a place where his father's budget and final abode. He lay on his bed fasting and listening as devotees recited the entire Sri Chaitanya Bhagavad. He remained in clear consciousness, absorbed in hearing until the entire book was read. Oh man, I passed over what I somehow. It said that, uh, yeah, it said even when his body was broken by age and racked by mul multiple diseases. So it's not like becoming a strong, sincere devotee and renounced even your you know, beloved children, connection with them and wife, you're going to be free from problems in the world. 
Even when his body was broken by age and racked by multiple diseases, he uncomplainingly accepted his condition as Krishna's mercy. And this next part got me. And strove to increase rather than curtail his devotional practices. <laughs> when his body was broken by age and racked by multiple diseases, he, he strove to increase his devotional practices. It said, uh, uh, he maintained a vow, this is earlier, he maintained a, a vow to not eat or, or take even a drop of water before chanting one lack of names. How many of them is a lack of names? 64. 64 rounds. Dis disregarding the advice of God brothers that according to the principle of Yukta Vairagya, such rigorism was unnecessary. This is interesting. Yet Sri Rupuri's general behavior was so simple and guileless that all who came in contact with him, whether sinful or pious, became charmed. Not caring for food, shelter, or material possessions, and sleeping a little, he constantly performed kirtan. He maintained a vow not to eat or even take a drop of water before chanting the lack. How can you go all night without water and all 64 rounds without it? <laughs> I can't even start to sing a few lines here in the morning without drinking water. <laughs> anyway. Mm. He uh, kind of sounds like a lot of the devotees, if you read them, they are really strong in their preaching and they, I guess they got this from their association with Bhakti Sanan Saraswati Maharaj. It says, um, he lived by the principle that rigid adherence to the tenets of Shuddha Bhakti must precede its propagation. Adherence to the tenets must pre precede its propagation and had firm faith that all auspiciousness, all auspiciousness would come by simply adhering to and repeating the words heard from his guru. Irrespective of time, place, or circumstance, he would immediately and strongly rebut any statement contrary to Shastra or Siddhanta. <laughs> Even in 1934, he was called to speak in the court of the Maharaja Bhattagara, Orissa. He stuck to his principle and did not mince words. This attitude was noted and appreciated by Srila Saswatthakur. It says he was renowned for his strictness in France. Throughout his wide travels in preaching, Sri Puri never cared to entertain the public with flowery words meant to elicit donations or praise. <laughs> Those are incredible devotees. You have to read, read these little profiles, and they're short, you know, so it's fun to read them. Yeah, a lot of uh, really, you know, they're incredible from the time they were young boys. And they take sannyas and you read the different things that they, they did. And then it's really interesting to see how things could have fallen apart after passing away. I read one, now that I'm thinking of these things, there was this uh, Bhakti Vidaya Bong Maharaj, who was such a capable devotee. I've seen pictures of him, he looks like such a pure person. 
This is photograph. And then he became such a dynamic preacher. And uh, he was, uh, he came from this aristocratic Brahmin family, apparently. East Bengal, Bangladesh. And uh, so, as an adult, took shelter in Bhaktisattva Saraswati, took sannyas, preached in many places, including went to London, Bombay, people wrote newspaper articles wherever he went, that, oh, this, you know, we're so happy to have had the association of such an elevated person as this Maharaj. But, this is not criticism of him, but just to see that Krishna has his plans and things happen even with pure devotees, people that are sincere and have done so much service. So later, this Maharaj was writing, he did a lot of writing in English apparently, he went to England and he served there and he preached a lot in English and he wrote a lot of books. And later he wrote a book about those, two books about those years in London. One, one he entitled My First Year in London, or England, that's not just London. And the second book was called My Second Year in London. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati heard about that and became angry. Anybody know why? Remember? Well, there wasn't any results. Very little results. He was spending crores of rupees. And there was just one, yeah. one lady in London who became a disciple. Huh. Yeah. So he from so Saraswati Chakra calls them all back. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's what happened. But uh, uh, when I was referring to here, this it said in the story that um, Bhaktisan Saraswati became angry because he wrote my years in London, my first year. And the second book was my second year. You know, like selfish time. Yeah, the focus was on him, and it also pointed out that not in a single place in either book was there any reference to the name of his spiritual master. I get it. Whatever his disciple does, he's supposed to lay at the feet of his spiritual master. And whatever adulation, and he got plenty in his career, you know, plenty of praise and adulation. Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj says, but if a sannyasi or any devotee doesn't take that uh, appreciation and run to the feet of his spiritual master and lay it there, then he's fallen. So, um, that's an interesting thing that happened there to a very sincere devotee. You know, for me, the ultimate appreciation of Kauri uh, Maharaj, P.P. Bhakti Pramod Kauri Maharaj, is uh, Siddhanta Prabhu captured him for one of his memory series videos. Mm -hmm. And it's so wonderful the way he's glorifying uh, Prabhupada. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's, it turns into a very emotional begging. He's begging the viewers of this video to not spoil or squander or ruin what Prabhupada built up. Mm -hmm. And, and he, was, he, was, he was crying, he was saying, Every ounce of his blood, sweat, tears, you know, and uh, it was very powerful. If you want to be reminded of 
Where is this? You see? It's on the memory series. It's 30, it's one of the, it's around 30, and I have to look again. Um, but you can probably just go on YouTube. But they're all on YouTube, too. Just put BP Cory Maharaj memory, something like that. Memory. You know, this says Bhakti Sri Rup Cory Maharaj. Are there two Cory Maharaj? Yes. Oh. Okay, so. Well, so that's a. Bhakti Pramodhara, he was especially. Oh, I see. Okay, that's another. Yeah, there were two. Oh, okay. Probably the other one you're talking about is not some pictures of. Maybe. Anyway, it's uh, they're all interesting to have Anybody have anything else? Read the verse one more time. We're almost there. Let me see. At that very moment, the Lord, who is called Padmanatha because of the lotus crown, his navel, and who is the delight of the righteous, learned about the insult offered by his own servants to the saints. Accompanied by his spouse, the goddess of fortune, he went to the spot on those very lotus feet sought by recluses and great sages. Nobody have any comments? It's always deeply to find the Vedic uh, origin of something in our culture, right? Because this is all happening right at the gates to that country, right? Mm -hmm. So in Christian culture, as you well know, there's a phrase, pearly gates. Mm -hmm. So the gates of heaven, that actually comes from Revelations 21, 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate being made from a single pearl. And then there's a famous painting that goes with that. Um, the image of the gates in popular culture is a large golden white or wrought iron gates and clouds guarded by St. Peter, the keeper of the court, keys to the kingdom. Those not fit to enter heaven are denied entrance at the gates and descend into hell. Uh, in some versions, so, so the gatekeepers think that these kids are not fit, and then they detect that they're not fit to be gatekeepers. So that's why the, the Lord's coming now, because he, he, they're both pure devotees. They're all pure devotees. The Lord's coming to solve everything with the proper uh, you know, justice. And ultimately, the Lord wants to fight as it's going on. It's busting on. So I'll just go there. Obviously, you know, we're just what? Uh, statement. The Christians don't know that heaven in the spiritual world or the kingdom of God are two different places. Yeah. There it's talking about the gates of heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It's also called the kingdom of God, though. Yeah, they can place heaven and then the kingdom. Because their idea of God is an order supply. Maybe those pictures, right? Well, this will take a long time. Well, I tried to do it in the office and see how a DVD drive doesn't work. Yeah. So I tried to take it to my room. Oh. But I could do a few things before the hiring. Okay. Well, you can do it when you come back then. Okay. It's been enough for a couple of days.